0: Hello and welcome to the DOE Digest, a podcast from the New Jersey Department of Education. I'm your host, Ken Bond. The DOE Digest is a platform for information exchange in which the department highlights the work being done by transformative educators around the state. This podcast is one of the ways that we utilize our digital platform to help strengthen teaching, leading, and learning, and increase educational equity for the 1.4 million students across New Jersey. Thank you for joining us. Hi, and welcome to DOE Digest. In this episode, we're going to be discussing supporting student athletes. The first interview I have is related to supporting students in schools and all of the various ways that we can care for students. The second segment is a roundtable with three educators from around the state related to the opportunities and the challenges of COVID-19 when it comes to student athletics. As we start today's episode, I'd like to thank my two colleagues, Clark Coe and Kathy Whalen. They helped me identify this topic, hone the topic in, and also find guests to share important insights with all of you. Let's dive right into the first interview.
1: My name is Liz Ivins. I was an educator for 43 years in the um, diocesan Catholic education system. I was principal for 17 years, and actually interim president for one at Notre Dame High School. During that time, I was blessed to be able to be part of the New Jersey Interscholastic Athletic Association Executive Committee, and I became the president in 2019-20 of the Executive Committee. Um, Tremendous experience of understanding uh, sports across the state. And then just this past summer, I served as the chair of the Medical Advisory Committee attempts to get our kids back to play during the COVID pandemic.
0: Excellent. And I'm so excited to have someone with your expertise and also who has experience both at the statewide level and at the school level working directly with students. So in your experiences, can you tell me what you think of when you hear the term student-athlete?
1: Sure. I think a student-athlete is a young person who learns and grows by participating in sports. And there's a whole spectrum. There's the student athlete who's exceptionally talented athletically, shines from the time they're little, participates in all the little leagues and and building up in particular to high school where I had my experiences. Um, And then the other side of the spectrum is just the young person who likes the activity, loves the collaborative experience of being on a team, uh, just enjoys being involved and everything in the middle. It's generally a bunch of young people who they are trying to define themselves. And one of the ways they're trying to define who they're going to be in the world is by using these talents either for athletic prowess or for that team experience, that um, expression that they get through athletics.
0: That's excellent. And I think that that's. Something that's so important to remember that there really is a spectrum of, of students that are participating and a spectrum of reasons why students participate, what they want to get out of it, and what their what their goals and aims are. So, Absolutely. And yeah. you have to
1: stay attuned to that because with teenagers particularly, it changes. We had athletes who had been playing, let's say, soccer since the time they were three and were gifted enough to maybe play Division three, Division two college ball, and were just tired of it. And then we had students who absolutely loved it, and they weren't going to play in a, a great big Division One school, but they just wanted to stay in the sport. So you, you have to keep checking, because they change along the way, and then they have to kind of evaluate their level of interest as they approach college.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some examples of ways that you have seen schools successfully su- support student-athletes academically, socially, and or emotionally. So things that, things that schools do to surround students with care, not just related to the sports that they're playing, but, but their whole lives as whole students.
1: So I think there are two important things a school community needs to do. First of all, I think all the administrators and teachers need to be aware of the athletic schedule. It's important to know when your athletes are trying out, what three seasons exist, what sports exist within the season. You don't have to know the detail of who we're playing Friday night, but it's just good that every educator within a school community have some sense of the athletic flow of energy. Because, and I learned this the hard way, that you don't want to schedule your big winter dance on the day of Mercer County Swim Championships or you don't want to schedule as an administrator senior awards night when they're probably going to be in the state lacrosse tournament. From a teacher's perspective, it's so important to know your students. I think any good teacher knows that you got to know who they are and what they're involved in in order to teach them calculus or science or Spanish. And so it's important to know your athletes. And then again, know the ebb and flow of the athletic life. So you support your athletes by okay why is he tired or why is she so tired what's the beginning of the season this is winter season it's right after thanksgiving i get it their level of physical activity has increased as a teacher it's also important to consider that perhaps i think we learned this was educationally sound i don't give practice assignments that are due every morning every morning every morning but i give an assignment on monday saying i want you to do some practice and we're going to take a look at this again on wednesday or thursday Or here's a paper I'm going to have you write and uh, we're going to work up to it. But the first section, your outline is going to be due four days from now. That helps the athlete in particular because you don't know when they're going to be at school until nine o'clock at night because of the game. If you schedule assignments every day and you don't give them that little three to four day window, you don't allow them to do their best. And I don't, you don't want to schedule just for athletes. You should know what all your students are doing, leadership activities, performing arts. But in particular, an athlete's calendar is uh, very demanding. Some of them are getting up and showing up for a conditioning exercise at 6 o'clock in the morning. And there are some days they finish school at 3, and then they've got a game at 5, but they're traveling. And so they're not home until 9, sometimes 10 o'clock. If that's my Thursday and you assign this on Thursday and it's due Friday, I'm just not going to give you very good work. But if that assignment came in and I, it's due Monday, I'm going to have plenty of time to organize my time so that I can put my best into that work. So understanding the flow of um, the athletic calendar, I think, is one really good way of helping support the athlete. Check. There's a, a program called R School that's used in New Jersey. This letter R School. It's actually um, I used it as a, a principal. We had a website. We had all our games on there. I could look up there what who was playing what. But I used R School because I had it on my phone. If a game was canceled or a game was uh, rained out, I knew right away. And you just throw it on your phone. Now let's say I'm not going to go to any games. I don't have time. I'm raising my own children. I've got my family but I know Johnny is in my class and somebody said something about a big game today. You look at our school, we say, Oh, we're playing red bank. Hi. Okay. Tomorrow in math class, I say, Johnny, did you play red bank last night? How'd that go? That goes so far for young people just being aware. So I I loved having our school. I couldn't get to every game that the kids were playing, but I could stay on top of what games were played. And then, a good teacher knows who their students are, knows something about them outside of the classroom, just saying to Mary the next day, wasn't there a big softball game last night? You have her say, oh, it was awesome. Or you look a little tired today. Was that because you, uh, you had that big track meet? Um, it's just a great way to connect with students and show your appreciation for who they are. Many kids come to school so excited about the game after school, the practice after school. So tapping into that energy and that excitement as a teacher helps them know that I care about them as a whole person. Um, You can also use the NJSIAA website. I'll tell you a secret, I was never an athlete. Um, And so I learned all of what I had to do with the NJSIAA just one step at a time. And then through years of of caring about young athletes, um, but the NJSIA work website has uh, lots of information. It's really important as an educator that I understand a little bit about the NCAA regulations because some of those young people in front of me are going to want to play in college. So absolutely, go to the work, uh website and see what does a student need academically to be considered an athlete for college. And uh, they're some of the most important partnerships that can be built. I really recommend that no teacher ever use the coach as a threat. Oh, you better do your homework or I'm going to call your coach. But use the coach as a learning partner because if a child doesn't have a certain GPA and a certain uh, um, SAT score, they can't be cleared by the NCAA Clearinghouse to play in college. And that's freshman teachers on. Help your athletes understand. That performing in the classroom academically is going to impact what schools might consider you as an athlete in college. So, just having a general knowledge of that and being, being able to speak to it and then use the coach as a learning partner. You know, that coach is getting that kid and teaching them skills and plays all through the season. So, if you have a child that just can't learn, that's struggling with a concept, you go to that coach and say, give me a clue. How do you get them to learn plays? How do you get her to uh, memorize what she's supposed to do out there? I can't get her to memorize these constructs in, in Italian. Um, so a, a coach is a great resource and a learning partner, but never, I, I, I saw this happen sometimes where the coach and the teacher started, you know, they would threaten the kid. And yes, sometimes a coach can motivate a young person to do well in a classroom, but I think I would never threaten a child and say, I'm going to call your coach, but I'd use a coach as a learning partner. I think that's a great resource. There's a lot being done in schools with social-emotional learning, and boy, no one has a better handle in the students they work with than a coach, maybe because of the many hours he or she's spending with them. They've got these young people in these wonderful social groups where they can observe behavior. And sure, there's going to be days where he's down or she's down because we lost a game where they didn't play as well as they wanted. That's normal social-emotional expression. But when we just won the last three games, she shown it was in every single game, but there's something off. If the coach is tuned in to the school's uh, program for dealing with the social-emotional needs of young people, then that coach can go to the guidance counselor, can go to a uh, Student assistance counselor it can go to somebody and say, hmm, just notice these few things. Why don't you follow up on it? So also I think having a positive relationship between your coaching staff and your teaching staff, you really are all professional educators, um, also helps to support young people in uh, their experience in high school.
0: When you think of supporting all students and all, all athletes, what should educators think about when it comes to diversity and inclusion for the student athletes in their class?
1: So I think that um, it's really fertile ground for being able to help our young people understand that the world is diverse and that to be a citizen in this world, uh, that appreciates the diversity and and thrives in the diversity of our, our world. You need to have an open mind. You need to have an open heart. You need to feel like people are accepting you with open minds and hearts. The NJSIAA is just starting a program of implicit bias training, and they're starting with the coaches and the reps, but eventually it's gonna move down and all athletes are gonna to have to be a part of it. The NFL has actually uh, partnered with NJSIA and put together a tremendous uh, program that we had our first two presentations um, a couple weeks ago. Um, and eventually that'll come down to the student athletes, which I think will be wonderful and it'll be a great start to the conversation. Um, NJSIA also has a partnership with Special Olympics And right now, they've developed unified sports in um, uh, basketball, track, bowling. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, And it's a great way also for um, athletes with disabilities to meet athletes who are full ability and to learn about each other and to be a team together. The experiences that have been created have been tremendous. So... You've got a group of kids with adults they truly trust, doing something they love. They're very open to learning. And so I think there are a number of ways that um, we can help our athletes open their minds and hearts to the diversity of our society.
0: At the time of this podcast release, all of us are experiencing the impacts of COVID-19. In particular for student-athletes, many of them have had games and even whole seasons canceled due to the pandemic. I so appreciated the way that the guests in this upcoming roundtable segment process through COVID-19, its effects on student-athletes, and the ways that schools can both view opportunities and overcome challenges that come their way as this pandemic continues and as we make adjustments to the way that we do school and that we do athletics in the state of New Jersey.
2: My name is Michael Petey, I'm the Athletic Director and Director of Health and Phys Ed for Middlesex County Vocational Technical Schools. I'm also the President of the Greater Middlesex
3: Conference. I'm Jason Lester, I'm the Principal of Piscataway High School in Middlesex County.
4: My name is Joe Tranacosta. I'm at West Milford High School in Northern New Jersey. I'm the Director of Athletics at the High School here in West Milford and the Supervisor of Health Driver and Physical Education K-12.
0: So I wanted to ask first, what opportunities and struggles has COVID-19 presented to student athletes in your contexts where you're working right now?
2: Michael Petey, I'll go first. Talking about the, the, the struggles for our student athletes, uh, you know, it really started last spring with uh, when the pandemic hit and the cancellation of the, of the spring seasons. They just, our spring students lost absolutely everything. They had six days of practice and then everything was canceled. So our seniors never got a chance to participate in their athletics for their senior year for the spring. And then moving forward to this year, we've had a condensed fall season. We're going to have a condensed winter season. We're still waiting on word about the spring season. And, you know, for those spring athletes missing out last year, there's, there's student athletes that were going for records that might not be able to be obtained because they lost, um, you know, they lost out a whole season. Um, But with with that came some opportunities. You know, the the NJSIA provided us with different phases over the summer. And I think, at least in my district, more coaches had workouts in the summer than than had in the past because they wanted to be out there with the kids. So, you know, that's kind of what the the opportunities and struggles that I saw.
4: If I could piggyback on Mike, uh, Joe Trenacosta, Director of Athletics at West Milford High School. Um, I agree. Our summer Um, We had probably one of the better experiences that we've had in many years due to the increase in participation. Our numbers are better um, this fall in in many of our sports. I think because student athletes are seeing that, you know, uh, the experience they had with COVID in the spring and and losing out on the spring season, they're seizing more opportunities, you know, seize the day.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Jason, do you have anything that you want to share? Uh,
3: Yes. Yes. As many of you know, um, the struggles, again, I agree and concur with everybody on the line, um, started in the spring season where a lot of our athletes lost ample time. Ours continues. Uh, our Board of Education has decided to cancel all fall sports at this point in time. We're still pending you know, word about winter athletics. Um, but it has created some opportunities. Uh, Our kids did practice or, you know, they had little workout sessions um, either virtually or limited participation in person, which I do feel as though was a great benefit to our student athletes where they were able to connect with coaches and coaches able to connect with them. It also gave our young people an opportunity to see one another that they didn't often see because of the uh, quarantine state that we were in. It's going to continue to be a challenge until we get this COVID-19 pandemic under somewhat control. Again, we just got to keep kids' spirits high, and even for our coaches. A lot of our great coaches around uh, throughout all of our sports, you know, they get the itch. They want to be around the kids. They want to do great things with them. It does allow for, you know, virtual conversations with parents about what kids should be doing and how they should be doing it. It allows students to track themselves in the athletic world just to, you know, stay fit, get moving around and try and do something. But most of all, stay safe.
0: That's a great point. It really comes down to what's best for for students and how we can ensure their well-being and that they're thriving uh, in in whatever way that we can. And with that, as educators think about their classrooms, how can they build lessons and programs that take student-athletes into account?
3: I would like to go first on this as a building principle. Some of the things I've been having conversations about with our teachers is tailoring their lessons, not only around real-life experiences, but... Throwing in some of the things that kids actually do on the sporting fields, like when they're shooting basketball, when you're in a math class, you can talk about arts. Uh, when you're playing on the football field, you can talk about G-Force, Impact, in their science classes. Again, knowing and building the relationships with kids surrounding around some of the sports that they participate in. And, again, just bringing in the article here that there, having conversations about what they think about how the NBA is in the bubble how does that affect them as, a, as well as, you know, looking at baseball and football in a non-bubble situation?
0: That's great. And as schools and teachers think about who their student-athletes are and how they're recruiting student-athletes, what can schools do to ensure that they're recruiting and engaging a wide range and a diverse group of student-athletes in their setting?
2: Uh, this is michael Petie. i'll jump on this one if you guys don't mind uh here in, in middlesex county and jason jason probably knows as he has a representative from his building we created a new organization called student athlete advisory council saac and what we did is we selected one student representative from each high school in the county and then we selected captains from each of our divisions and we meet virtually with these students and they're basically going to be ambassadors to us from the schools, from the student-athletes' point of view. So, you know, our, our our SAAC representatives are in their schools. They're talking to the student population, asking what we need to improve on, what we would need to do. And a part of that is recruiting a diverse uh, population of student-athletes and what we could do as the organization to help them or to help attract a diverse population of students.
0: And as you're thinking about the school context and what's happening, what student resources would you encourage educators to create or share with their student athletes to enhance their experience as students and to help them again, just thrive as students in a school?
3: Well, As a principal and a former athlete, it's important that educators help our students not only, you know, when March 13th hit when we were all closed down for school. That was a realization that every time you go out to practice, make it like it's your last practice. So you practice that level of perfection. And there are things that we need to share. It's like you never know when your ticket is going to be punched in terms of when you can't play anymore. And I, I think the overall experience for kids at this point in time was that, you know, like many of them, I thought that, you know what, we'll be back after spring break. Will juniors just continue as normal? Here it is, it's October 7th, and we're still in the pandemic. Uh, again, at least for Piscataway High School, we don't have our fall sports. And for me on a Friday night, I'm used to being away or home, and that's not happening. So, again, as educators, we need to create an environment that we allow students to not only share share their personal feelings, but you know, it, it's got to be something communal.
2: This is Michael. Uh, I know I don't remember if Jason or Joe mentioned it before, but someone mentioned the the mental health of our uh, of our student athletes, and that's my biggest concern. You know, and the resources that that I've reached, talk, expressed to my coaches and teachers is any kind of counseling because these kids have been through a lot, whether it's losing the season, as we discussed before, or, you know, we don't know what's going on in their personal lives. parents have lost jobs. Some student athletes might have relatives that have passed away from, from this pandemic. So there's, there's a lot that's going on with our student athletes. And my main concern is their mental health. So we have been pushing any kind of counseling that the student athletes would need. I've reached out to our parents, you know, our community to let them know that I am a resource for them. They can contact my office if they have any questions, if they need anything, I can steer them down to, to one of the you know, avenues of help. I'm in constant contact with our principals to help any of our student athletes. So that's, that's my, biggest, my biggest area of concern and for, the, for the resources is this, the student um, the mental health of our student athletes.
4: I agree. I think that um, our emotional health is 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 paramount. Um, you can't perform if you're not well emotionally. I was just on a Zoom last night with the um, New Jersey Alliance for Social Emotional Character Development. We're we're doing more and more with the Big North Conference. Um, I'm chairing a committee on on character Ed, and um, through character.org, you can emphasize some of the practices. We call it promising practices, or at least at least the uh, character.org calls them promising practices. Things that you can highlight that you do to to work on social-emotional learning, um, service learning in the community, and all of those things. I think that those resources are really valuable. Again, it's the, the NJASECD, uh, the Alliance for Social-Emotional Character Development. I don't work for them. I'm not plugging them other than the fact that they've been instrumental. In, um, in, in, in my leadership of being an athletic director that promotes these programs, um, we've had numerous, probably over 10 to 12 um, awards for uh, promising practices are, are, you know, from field hockey to tennis to, to basketball. Um, and it's not anything that they're doing that is so different than any program that involves community, right? You know, on a daily basis, we're always striving to make connections, like I said earlier. So I think that a resource that is very valuable is character.org.
0: From all of us at the New Jersey Department of Education, we hope that this episode helped equip you as you serve student-athletes in whatever context you find yourselves in. Also, I'd like to thank all of the guests, all of the NJDOE staff who supported this episode, and especially Elizabeth Thomas at the NJDOE, who does all of the transcripts for this podcast so that they are accessible to all. I hope that you join us for our NJDOE 3rd Tuesday Twitter chat, the hashtag NJEdPartners Twitter chat, on October 20th, 2020 at 8.30 p.m. As always, we'll be extending the conversation from this episode to a statewide platform on Twitter. And this month, we're going to be discussing supporting student-athletes. We look forward to continuing to connect and engage with you about educating the 1.4 million students around the state and hope to talk to you on the hashtag NJEdPartners 3rd Tuesday Twitter chat. You can subscribe to the podcast channel for DOE Digest through your iPhone, in the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you listen to podcasts so that you can get new episodes when they are released. Also, please leave us a review through the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone. It is the best way to help new listeners find us. Neither do the New Jersey Department of Education nor its officers, employees, or agents specifically endorse, recommend, or favor views expressed by those interviewed. Discussion of resources are not endorsements. Thanks so much for listening.